good evening, church family. How are we doing out there tonight? Yeah. Hey, we are excited for Teen Takeover, and we're excited you guys are here to join us and just hear about the good things that the Lord has done. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and then the word of our testimony. And tonight, you guys are going to hear a lot of testimonies about the good things that the Lord has done, not only through the teens that went out to the Dream Center, but, but also in themselves. Um, and I'm just going to give you a little, a little layout of kind of what our week looks like and kind of um, things that unfolded on our trip. But I know the parents who had teens that were going on a trip, you know that our trip was canceled. We were all met here at 4 o'clock in the morning to, to uh, get on a bus and go to the airport. And uh, our flight was canceled, which was a really big deal. And honestly, at that point in time, I thought, uh-oh, this trip might not happen. Um, but what we realized is, and a lot of people were like, well, the enemy's keeping you from going there, and this and that. And I, you know, what I realized was is that God had a different plan. You know, the Bible talks about how man makes his plan, but the Lord directs his steps. And so we took something that we planned for for six months, and in two days, we were able to replan it for a week after. All of our flights lined up. All of the, all of the different plans that we had, we were able to move. Uh, and matter of fact, we got, two, got added two days to our trip at no extra cost, and we were able to do other things that we wouldn't have been if we went the week before. So, so sometimes when God throws your curveball, he's throwing your curveball on purpose. He's got bigger and better ideas of where he wants you to be. And what I, what I realized now after the trip is that there were specific people God wanted us to encounter. There were certain things he wanted us to see, certain messages that he wanted us to hear. Um, and man, it's, it's so good when you, you can recognize that God is directing your steps and you don't have to sweat when things seem like they're falling apart a little bit, right? So it was really amazing. That sort of happened to be our theme for the week. And a matter of fact, when we met out here in, in the morning before we left uh, the following Friday, um, I told the kids, I'm like, you know what? Be prepared, prepared for this week. Like, we'll have our plans, but be prepared, pre prepared for God to mix it up a little bit and change things. And he did all week long. We just kind of walked. We, we just kind of we're, were blown where God sent us over here and then over here. And the things that we encountered and the things that uh, God did uh, were really, really special. Um, and, and, and one of the main points that kind of was emphasized kind of heading out there was that we can trust God in every situation um, and in every circumstance. Now, some of you guys don't know this, but um, not only was that flight canceled, uh, the flight that we were supposed to, we were supposed to land in L.A. at 11 p.m. on the Friday night. Well, guess what? That flight got delayed as well. Um, so we didn't actually show up into Los Angeles till 4.30 a.m. the next morning. So, yeah, it was like one, one thing after the next. Um, and then that night... Uh, the first night, Saturday night, we, we went to a, a service, and then we had our, every single day, the way they have the schedule at Dream Center is um, you get up at 6.30 in the morning, you have breakfast, they send you out for your serving activities in the morning, you come back for lunch, you go back out for more serving activities, sometimes it's Skid Row, sometimes it's a uh, food truck, 
sometimes it's, it's just trimming around the building or construction projects, all different types of projects. And then at 5 p.m., we have our free time. Every night, um, we would either go to a church service or just experience something in, in that Los Angeles area. And by, so we left on, on a Friday night. We got there Saturday morning. By Tuesday night, we had already encountered three church services at three different places, not including our own church time that we had every single night. And when we did that, the anointing and the presence of the Lord just sweeped into this beautiful chapel that they had at, uh, at the Dream Center. And it was really, really powerful. But uh, the one night I had gotten some bad news from, from my wife that uh, her mom um, had an episode and she had to be rushed to the hospital. And, um, you know, here I am, 2,500 miles away. I can't even hold my wife's hand, can't comfort her in any way, shape, or form. And I really felt like the Lord said to me that evening, and he, he, he did it through a song, and it's the first song we're going to be doing here, Firm Foundation. He said, you worry about my business, and I'll worry about your business. And so the next morning, we were going to go to Mosaic for a church service, and I said to Hannah, hey, can you do me a favor? Write this song down, because I think we, we want to do this song tonight. When we showed up at Angela's Temple, guess what the first worship song was? And that's how God operates, right? These little, little things that nobody else can, can, can put together or coordinate just to let you know, hey, I am in control and you can trust me. And I really feel like you're going to hear stories from these teens here tonight, and they've experienced that this week. And their lives were changed, and the people's lives that they touched were also changed as well. But um, let me just pray us in, and we'll start with our first song, all right? Father, we just want to thank you for all that you're doing, Lord, and forgive us for the times when we, we try and take control of every situation in our life, when, when you say to us, cast your cares on me because you care for us. And I, and I pray tonight as the testimonies go forth that everyone in this place would just be encouraged about your strength and your might and your ability to do far beyond what we can think or imagine. So we just thank you for just a sweet presence in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.
everyone. Um, my name is Sierra, and I just wanted to start this off by saying how thankful I am for everyone here and how I'm thankful for how everyone has been praying over this trip and all the donations and everything because we wouldn't even be able to go if it wasn't for everyone here. So thank you to everyone. Um, so going into this trip, as John said, our theme was kind of like God's timing and how we just have to trust him to take us through life. But something I couldn't stop thinking about was gratitude. And I wasn't really sure why, but it was just what God kind of put on my heart throughout the trip. And so when we were serving, you know, these people, they don't really have much. And we were only really providing them with like prayers and water and like food and stuff, which is nice, but it's still, you know, not enough to really get through life, if you know what I mean. Like they don't have a roof over their heads and it's just, it was like a culture shock, you know, to see. And it kind of made me realize that I should be more grateful for what I have because there's some people that don't have what I have. And you know, as we're giving people all this food and stuff, they're so grateful for us and they're like thanking us and they're just like, they're just so happy. You can tell how thankful they are. And it kind of just made me realize that I need to have more gratitude and I need to be more thankful for everything because you know, God has provided me with a house and a family and food and everything and you know this amazing church family I have so I don't know I'm just so thankful I went on this trip because I kind of feel like I I needed to check that area of my life and kind of be more grateful so um and I just want to thank everyone again for all the prayers and everything because I'm just I'm so grateful and I'm so glad that God allowed me to go on this trip to kind of realize that so thank you to everyone For starters, in general, I want to thank God for the experience that I've had in the past week. Um, it's crazy, because in my mind, I've always had this vision that you needed to be this perfect Christian before you could go to church or before you could pray over people or, you know, connect to people who were really deep within God's love. And I'm here firsthand to tell you that that's not true. You can, as they say, come as you are. And I was not always the perfect person. But going to Dream Center and experiencing the things that I've experienced, literally sitting there for an hour and a half, listening to a man who was homeless for six years tell me and my friends, like, all these things that God has done for him. It's, it's so unbelievable, and it's hard to sit there and say, that there isn't somebody who's out there that loves you unconditionally no matter what, and you're put on this place for a reason. So I just want to leave off by saying, like, if you're having some doubt that you don't need to be perfect before you could step into church and just let him in you. and I just want to start by thanking every single one of you for your prayers and donations towards our trip because without you, like, you know, without God, it wouldn't be possible, but you guys, you guys help make it possible too. Um, I've been going to this church for about three years now and this is the second mission trip I've been on and 
<laughs> probably the best one, I'm, in my opinion. Um, so as you probably heard, we went to LA. We did a bit of construction. We fed the homeless. We gave out groceries and some other stuff. Um, uh, and as you heard, our trip was originally supposed to be from the 10th to the 16th, but it got moved to the 14th to the 22nd. And um, so when I first found that out, I wasn't even sure I was able to go because, you know, my work is really strict and I wasn't sure I could get off. And well, I prayed about it and my boss was so accommodating and I, I'm so, I, I almost didn't talk to her, but I'm so glad I did because the way God moved on this trip was absolutely incredible. Um, there was not one worship, se worship session on the trip where not at least one of us didn't cry. And for me, prior to the trip, I was very blocked, I'm gonna call it. Like I felt like I couldn't hear the Holy Spirit, feel the Holy Spirit. And I felt like I couldn't hear God and I felt like God couldn't hear me. But on this trip, I felt the presence of God every single day. And every single day after that, I have felt him. I'm able to read my Bible and actually take in the word. I'm able to pray and feel like he's actually hearing me. And looking back, uh, I've seen how many of the prayers he's actually answered of mine. And it's incredible because he's answered so many of my prayers. And um, it's amazing. And I truly couldn't be grateful for the trip and everyone who was on it and all of you guys for your prayers. So thank you so much.
How's everybody doing today? That's great. That's great. My name is Demarius. Um, <laughs> well, I've been, I've been here for like a few months. I don't know how many, but I'm going to say a few. Um, this trip, oh my goodness, it was, honestly, it was life-changing for me. Like, before I came here, I didn't, I honestly didn't do anything. I just sat home. I haven't went to church in like three years. Nothing, none of that. But then I came to LA. I met these people over here. Um, we had a great time, and we we did some ama like amazing things. And the the one thing I remember, it was it was the greatest moment I had in LA. It was one day we went to Compton, like went down to Compton, went one of the neighborhoods there. We were knocking on knocking on people's doors, trying to get the kids out to play, have a fun time. There was this one kid. His name was Peyton, all right? He was like, like this tall. He had an attitude, you know, <laughs> little kids. But uh, he, did not, he did not leave our side that whole time we were there. He, he stayed there with us. He prayed with us. Um, oh, my God. I, like, almost shed a, shed a tear when, I was, when he was going away. But it, it was amazing. And then my other favorite part, we, we uh, two days, it was two days, right? We went in the kitchens. Yeah, so for two days, we went to the kitchens. We were preparing food, and then we served them out to the people in need. And we were hearing, like, the, a bunch of testimonies from, like, the workers there. And it, it just opened my eyes and, like, really showed me, like, what, what Jesus is all about and what God can do. That's all I have. Okay, so I'm Andy, and I've gone to the church for about three years, sometimes like on and off, but like this year it was mainly like going for like real, going a lot, got baptized in March, I think. And so this was my first missions trip, and it could not have been a better first missions trip. And I've <laughs> thanked God every day since, since it really helped my relationship with God grow a lot. And something that impacted me the most was a lot of these people's testimonies. Like there was this one guy where he got life in prison, then got out after like, I think, I don't remember the amount of years, but God let him out and now you wouldn't be able to tell he's like this most smiling guy you've ever seen. He's like such a nice guy. And um, then the last church we went to, there was this guy, it wasn't as crazy of a testimony, but it impacted me so much that I almost like threw up, it was crazy. There was this. It, it, it was this guy, and it was like word for word exactly how my life was. Saved when he was eight years old, and going to church a lot with your mom and like his mom and stuff like that, that's what I was like. A little different story like about my dad's house, and it eventually led to him being homeless and getting on meth at 16, and it, God put a picture, bunch of pictures in my mind with me, and it like broke me down in the middle of the service, and it was of a lot of drugs and a lot of bad stuff, and eventually led to me being homeless. And God really didn't want to give up on me. And I have friends who had the same life story as me, and they're on drugs right now, which is very sad. And like they were my best friends in middle school. We went to private school together, and. God just pulled me out of there. Like, there was a little space in my heart that was left for a while. I wasn't saved. I got fully saved in February at teen camp. And 
This mission trip was amazing, and I can't wait to keep growing in my relationship with God and excited for next year's trip. Hi, church family. So my name is Sofia Alicea, and it was my first missions trip, and it was extremely impactful. Like, I could not even imagine, but... One thing I want to talk about for my testimony is how God planted a very good seed in my life. And so what happened was for 12 years of my life, I've had this really awful fear of dogs. I know it's, I know it's funny, but big, small dogs, it was just really bad. And it impacted me in a lot of ways. I lost a lot of friendships, family members. It was kind of rocky and a lot of opportunities in my life were not, I didn't follow through with them because of this fear. So it's impacted me a lot. And so going on this trip, I didn't realize how it was going to be impacting this trip as well. And one of the things it impacted was Thursday when we were doing something called Adopt-A-Block. And if you don't know what Adopt-A-Block was, it's it basically is we went into this neighborhood that has a lot of gang violence. And so what we would do, we were with Dream Center. And we'd knock on doors, inviting them to this um, bash that they're having, back-to-school bash with the kids. So they get free backpacks, free school supplies. It was a great event. And if you follow them on Instagram, it was very successful. Um, so that evening, we went to the Angelus Temple and the pastor that was visiting, he was talking about planting good seeds and planting bad seeds. And when I was there, I was like, wow, 12 years of my life, I've been watering this really bad seed of fear and anxiety. And I knew, I was like, I have to fix something. I have to fix this somehow. And so I remember at the end of that sermon, the pastor was doing an altar call and he was asking if people wanted to go up, if they want to plant like a good seed in their life. I'm like, okay, I should probably go up. And I remember when I went up there, I just like raised my hands and my hands were like uncontrollably shaking and I was crying and it was just so crazy. But when we went back to the Dream Center when we were in the chapel doing our own service, I remember just having this really big moment with God and I was just on my knees, probably the most ugly crying you could ever imagine, just bawling my eyes out. But I remember saying just, God, I surrender this all to you. Like, I can't do this. It's been 12 years. Very, very little progress was made. But I know if I give this to you, you can do greater things with it. So a week later... I was invited to Miss Erin Gunn Russell's house with Trinity and Alex for dinner, and they have two dogs. They have a Yorkie and an English Mastiff, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm very grateful they put the dogs in a separate room, so I feel comfortable. So I appreciate it. You have a lovely home, and I remember the Yorkie accidentally coming out while I was there, and I remember just standing there, and it was around me, and I didn't feel any fear. Like, it was, like, the most amazing feeling ever. And towards the end of the night, I, they had a little baby gate, but I pet their English Mastiff Chewy, and that was just absolutely amazing. And I think the most impactful part, the most liberating part of it is towards the end, I don't know what it was in me, but I just picked up their Yorkie and held it as a child. And for people who know me, that is... 
for people who know me, they know that is absolutely insane. I just want you to know, I ran to Walmart and I printed out that picture. It is in my room. It was probably, that's probably the most proud moment I've ever felt in my entire life. And it's all thanks to God. Like, it's all God's doing. And so I felt coming up here, and especially now really being up here, that there's somebody in here, somebody online that's just has a fear of something. And so I just am here to tell you that if you have a fear, financial fear, health fears, or a fear like mine, just to surrender it all to God, because when you do, he will work so fast, you have no idea. But thank you guys so much.
church family. Um, welcome to CFFC. If you're here virtually or in person, we're so happy to have you here for the Teen Takeover Day. I'm a teen and my name is Hannah, and I'm Hannah Ripley, so I'm doing a mother-daughter kind of thing with my mom. <laughs> Before we get started with the announcements, we have to say our church vision, which is, we are a praying church, a going church, and a life-changing church. So for a few announcements, our first announcement is our just older youth group, our joy group, which is 50 and older, are having a meeting here from 2 to 5 on the 5th for a comedy night. We would love to see you guys there. Our another announcement is on the, the Holy Hikers, which is a hiking group, is um, going to Sportswood State Park. If you want to sign up for any of these events, go to CFFC, the website, to sign up, or you can go visit the Welcome Center and you'll greet my lovely mom or somebody else. <laughs> so, now it's time to talk about my testimony. I've been on three missions trips. I've been to Tennessee, Boston, and LA. And I can tell you positively that this has been the most impacting trip of my life. Not for just me, but every one of these people I've seen transform completely by the grace of God. And I am so happy to be a part of that. Now, I, the first day we were working, was told I had to go outside and do yard work. I've never done yard work in my entire life, okay? Never. That's why I got two older brothers for it. So, when they told me I had to do, when I, they had told me I had to prune, I've never heard the word in my life. I was just, I was like, I don't know what you're giving me. I don't know how to turn it on. I don't even know if there is a turn on button. I don't know what's going on. And so, we go outside and it's this like long pole that I gotta reach up to the, to the tree and start sawing. I lasted about 10 seconds, I'll tell you that, all right? So it was not a long time of pruning, but I learned what it was. So basically, if you don't know what pruning is, it's basically when you have this tree and it has these branches, you saw them off so it can become more beautiful and also just take up more space and just be the best that it can be. Now, God talks about pruning in the Bible. And I'll bring it up for you guys. And I got this verse the day I pruned. So, you know. <laughs> so in the Bible it says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So, pruning, basically, is just to make you a better, beautiful version that God has for you. Every single one of you are a, a child of God. Man and woman, you guys mean so much to the Father. And for me, God has pruned a lot of my... <laughs> my flaws and he's shown me that he has a better plan than I will ever have for myself and that's it <laughs> hello and good evening I'm one of the teens I got the pleasure and privilege to go on this year's mission trip to Los Angeles it's a city of wealth but also a city of spiritual poverty when we were walking on Hollywood Boulevard, there was a station where you could pay to drive this really fancy car. I would assume it was a Lamborghini, but that's for lack of knowledge on cars. <laughs> However, these people who wanted to drive in this car had to pay in order to drive it for an hour around the block. But what was interesting to me is that if they kept going a couple miles down the road, they would end up in Skid Row, a place where poverty is not a thing seen, 
but an entity that is and exists everywhere. What was clear to me was the varying levels of wealth involving this car. There was the one who owns the car, there was the one who paid to drive in it, and there were the ones who would, the ones who seek to be able to pay to ride in it. In Skid Row, Lamborghini would be scorned because, for the most part, they'll never be able to pay to drive in it, even if it's for an hour. On highways, it would be envied because those who have enough wealth to pay for it an hour could not afford to buy the car. But in Beverly Hills, it would be just another car. In life, we must seek to be humble in our wealth, whether we may have a lot or a little. Our life will be judged by our actions in accordance with Jesus Christ, not by which car we drive or wish to drive. In life, we should not seek to scorn wealth, not seek to scorn wealth. In this case, the car, or sorry, in this case, the car. We should neither seek to envy the car, nor should we become all around accustomed to the car or our wealth that has become, that we have become used to because of God's goodness. But instead, we should live to put Jesus in the driver's seat, directing our lives wherever he sees fit. God wants to direct our lives so that we may live in spiritual wealth, wealthiness that does not come from transient worldly riches, but that which will thrive in heaven. Jesus offered this, this wealth to all those who want to be a disciple, but he asked us to take just a little of our worldly wealth and offer it for the kingdom of heaven so that more people could come to Christ and live a wealthy, fulfilled life with Jesus. Therefore, he asked us to give 10% of what we have in order to give glory to God. So I ask you all tonight to put God first, put him in the driver's seat, and above all else will be given to you. Matthew 6.33 writes, but seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus wants us to center our lives around him. Let him direct our paths. God does not want us to pay for the car or to drive the car for an hour or envy the car. God wants, us to, God wants you to put all that aside and let him take the wheel. And if you let him, he will transform you into someone who does not care about what car they're in, but whether or not it is Jesus driving it. My testimony today is about God's grace. When we were in LA, we were serving for a place called the Dream Center, a rehab place. Some of the workers there have been through the disciple program where they stay for a year and get transformed by God by serving and hearing the word every day. Upon hearing their testimonies, I realized that it was one of the most impactful parts of the trip. Before they started off, they all said, it is by the grace of God that I am here today. The workers taught me a lot about grace. Grace is not something we do when we feel like it, but it is a policy I should live by and invite into all my hardships and relationships. God's grace is all-encompassing, and by showing God to other people, we are showing grace to other people. I want to live for Jesus, and therefore I need to act like Jesus in order to show him to other people. This trip has taught me so much about grace and about inviting it into every part of my life to show God to other people. I'm so grateful that I got to be a part of it. Lastly, I want to thank you all for coming out tonight. For all of you who prayed for this mission trip, who gave your contributions, your sacrifice and your time has caused so many people to get a glimpse of the goodness of God. If I have learned anything from this trip, it is that God is only as close as you let him be. His love is alive. It is not a stagnant love, but a love that has been alive before you were born. Reach out to God. Reach out to God. Let him direct your steps because he only wants what's good for you and he wants to use you to benefit other people. Everyone is a disciple of Jesus if they live for him and show him to other, other people. I'm, safe, I'm so thankful to not only be a part of this trip, but to see how good God has been in my life as it's easy to lose sight of it. A couple weeks ago, our leader, John, gave a message about 
leaning into God and leaning out of the things of this world. And I wanna encourage you all tonight to lean into God because he wants what's only good for you. And if you lean into him, he will transform you into something that will glorify the kingdom of God. Thank you all. My name is Jaden Wright. <laughs> um, I don't really know, don't know what to say. It's just a lot of impact on that trip. And I learned a lot from all my fellow friends, all my fellow teenagers over here. And I just want to thank you guys for that amazing trip. And I also just want to thank all you guys, too, for just helping us out on the trip, too, and praying over us. And, you know, thank you for praying us, you know, for getting on there and, being there and safe and all. Um, God works in mysterious ways. Um, I'm going through a lot of stuff right now at my, my house, and I never really thought of myself ever going on this trip because I just didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to really want to talk to people. I thought people will, you know, don't go through the exact same stuff that I'm going through right now. But just going to Skip Row and learning other people's stories and learning about everybody else's devotionals and stuff like that just really, really changed me. So I just pray over those people over there by Skip Row and hopefully that they're going to get right to God and just, you know, hopefully they get on their feet and go to the Dream Center because it's, that place is amazing. So I have one verse that I just want to use and it kind of always, always come back to me all the time. I never really understand it until now. But I never really understand God's plan half of the time. And I always try to do things my way. And my way never do the correct way. There's even you know, sometimes that I pray over, I pray to God. And I just sit there and I wait. And I wait a couple, of few days, weeks, months, years later. I feel like he's not listening to me. But... In timing, he does come and he always, you know, grants me my wish and he helps me out a lot. So let me just pull up this verse real quick, guys. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so my verse I'm going to use is Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. And basically said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek in his, seek in his will in all, all you do and he will show you which path to take. And it's just amazing to me that it's, I always, I never really thought about that, really taking God's path. So, and again, I just thank John and the Father for just inviting me on this trip to meet great people. And especially Demarius, you know, his, his me and him used to go, we go head to head all the time. And I, I learned a lot from this man. I didn't know we have so many things in common. So I just want to bless him. I love you, man.
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I don't even think Jaden knew that we were singing that song. But this verse has very special meaning to me personally. This is my life verse. It's the first verse that God ever gave me. And I just want to tell that story tonight because it, it just proves the fact that whether you know God, he, even if you don't know God, he knows you. And he's following you your whole life, ever since the, the minute you were born, right? The, Psalm 139 says he, he formed you in your mother's womb, and every day of your life is not even outside of his sight. So this idea that God was planning for us from the very first day, the very first day he was planning for us. But I came to Christ when I was 28 years old. Didn't spend a lot of time in church. I went to a Catholic church, but tried to not go as much as I could. Uh, actually, my parents would send me, and they, they would stay home, and I would run in and get the bulletin and then go to the park and play basketball and then bring my bulletin home as my ticket of proof that I went to church. Um, but at 28 years old, um, God just really knocked down the door of my life and came in, and I came to Christ. And I didn't know anything about God. All I knew was that when I was in ninth grade, there was a, a department that I worked in. It was an AV department. They set up the film. That was back when they had like old school projectors and you had to loop it all through and all that stuff, right? So there was a teacher that was in charge of that and uh, there was a team of us. And when I graduated ninth grade going into 10th grade, um, he wrote congratulations. And on the bottom of, you know, what he said, he wrote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Never looked it up. I just knew he wrote it there, and I knew that was something from the Bible. Never looked it up. So you're talking now, I'm 28 years old. I think I was 15 at that point in time, right? Um, it pops into my head. Like, that's, I remember this guy wrote this verse in, 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 in my yearbook. So I climb up in the attic and open up these old boxes, and I pull out my yearbook, and there it was. Uh, Joe Silva was his name, and he wrote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord, and lean on on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. It wasn't until like a year or two ago that I realized that God gave me that verse a month before my father passed away. I graduated in, in June, and in July, the following month, my dad passed. And I went through the roughest time of my life from then on. Felt fatherless the whole time. And when I came to Christ, it was shortly after that I went to a conference. Um, it used to be called something called Promise Keepers. And I remember us in this auditorium of, I don't know how many guys, 40,000 guys. It was a stadium worshiping God. And... The sky was like so crazy beautiful. I mean, the sun was shining down. And I just felt like God saying to me, I've been fathering you your whole life. I never left you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's kind of stuff you cannot make up. They become foundations in our lives that we can build upon and trust. And I, I think so many times in our lives, um, when, we, when we start getting into struggles, we forget how faithful God is and how it, none of his faithfulness relies on our faithfulness towards him whatsoever. 
He is always there for us and will never let us down. So I just wanted to share that with you tonight. I'm going to ask Serena to come up and give her story. Hello, everyone, and good evening. And for some of you who don't know, John already said, my name is Serena Sanders. And I just want to say I'm so proud of every, each and every single one of you guys on this team. I've truly seen God change in your hearts, and it is truly a beautiful thing. And we wouldn't have been able to do this without God and your prayers and your donations. So thank you, everyone. Now, I've been blessed enough to go on two other mission trips with NextGen, but this one was truly soul-changing. Um, throughout this trip, it felt like God was just um, God was just seeing what was on my heart, and he was, like, speaking through that with people I met there and through the lessons. Like, each different church we went to, the lesson got more specific, and I would, like, look at my friends, and I'd be like, oh, wow, God's really talking to me here, but um, the common theme that was really speaking to me and everyone else was speaking to me was sowing good seeds and taking out the bad seeds in your life. Now, one of the days we served, we went out to Skid Row, and for some of you who don't know what Skid Row is, it is one of the largest populations of homeless people in the country. Now, when we arrived there, the streets were filled with tents and people walking in the streets just, you could see in their eyes like the loss and hopelessness they had. and. Um, it was just one thing I thought about. The Dream Center was so close in proximity, and yet these people were still on the street. And it made me think about that God is literally living inside of us. Like the Holy Spirit is in us, and all we have to do is take that step and pursue God. Like all I had to do is, like the Dream Center, if some of you don't know, they offer three free meals a day. They offer a discipleship program that offers a year to help you get back on your feet, free shelter, free food. And it just really made me realize you have to be the one to strive for God. You have to be the one to pursue God. And you can't do that. You can't just wait around. You, if you think, like, oh, I don't hear God. I don't hear God. I don't hear God. Well, are you even trying? Are you even pursuing him? And, um, yeah, so um, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and it is up to us to actively pursue God and to take out the bad seeds and plant the good, fruitful seeds that God has ordained in us. He is steadfast. He is always there, and it is up to us to actively pursue God. Thank you, everyone. What's up, church family? Uh, my, my name is Jonah, and um, before I get started, I just want to say thank you to everyone here. Like, you guys' prayer and your sewing into our trip, like, you guys were as much as our trip, like, we're in as, in our trip as much as we were. So that's what, like, I'm so thankful for you guys. I want to also say, like, this group, like, I've never seen God work in a group of people like this group. Like, I've been on four mission trips. It's absolutely insane. And the one time I was talking on one night and I was saying, look what the Lord has done. Like, look what the Lord can do when you put him first. Look what the Lord can do when you seek after him. So, um... My testimony is um, I, every single night, I don't know what it was, but I just could not stop crying. I don't know what it was. I don't know why. But, like, it was insane. Like, every night I just found myself, like, on my knees crying, like, praying, doing amazing things. And it was really cool because it was like whenever we come in as a church, as one body of Christ, God can do unabundantly un un things that we can ever even think. Like, it's absolutely amazing. And one of the reasons why I was crying so much was, like, 
seeing the things we saw in Skid Row, like it just made me so thankful for what I had. And God gave me these blessings so that we can bless other people. And it, it, was, it was just amazing. So I got a lot of verses for you guys. I'm not gonna lie, I got like five. So bear with me, bear with me. <laughs> so the first one I got, and I wanna talk about also in the Skid Row, it was crazy to see those kind of things. And it made me think like, Literally, the only thing we could do for these people was not give them a bag of chips and water. The only thing we could do to these people is pray for them. That's the only way that these demons can be driven out. And it says in Mark 9, 29, Jesus is driving um, a demon out of this guy. And his disciples are like, like, how are you doing this, Jesus? And he says, this kind can only come out but nothing but prayer and fasting. So it made me think that like, like these people have demons and they need prayer. They need Jesus in their life. So... The only thing we can really do as a family and as a group is just pray for them and just believe that God can deliver anybody. He can do anything. Um, and I just wanna say also is like, literally the only reason why we could do this is because of God and his power through us. Um, I wanna, uh, Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, when you seek after me, you will find me. When you seek after me with all your heart. Um, one of the things is about last year, I was putting God first, but I don't, I don't think I was seeking him with all of myself, with all of my heart. I didn't put every chip in the basket or the, I didn't put every chip in on God. I put half my chips or like I, I took, I strayed, I kept this away from God. But whenever we put all of ourselves and we give all of ourselves, everything in our life to God, he can do anything for us. Um, everybody, everybody's using this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I was so mad. I was like, oh my gosh, like everyone's using this verse. But I, this is also one of my verses. I think I love this verse because it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. But, and it also says, lean not on your own understandings. Like, like this group, there's some people here that haven't even been to church like all their life. They come to church a little bit and then they go on this mission trip and they're laying their hands on people, praying for people. Like, it's absolutely insane. Like, God can do anything for you. And then I got, um, and then this is uh, to back it up, 1 Corinthians 2.5, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So like, that's why whenever we say that we can't do it, of course we can't do it. It's God. It's only God. That's why, like, when we say, oh, man, I don't know if I could do this. No, you can't. It's God. It's all God. God is going to be there for you when you need him. He's going to work through you when you need him. Um, and then um, and then my last verse I got, I got John 14, 12. Um, it says, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will be even greater things than these. And I, I couldn't, I, I said this verse in my testimony, um, or my Devo on the trip. Can, I can't even believe that the almighty God is telling us that we can do greater works than he did. When we put God first and we trust in Jesus, we can do greater works than he ever did. And that's just, it's absolutely insane for me. And um, I, wanna, I wanna close with like, um, I'm leaving in like three days for college. Uh, so please, please, please keep me in your prayers. Like, I would love that. Thank you guys so much. That would be amazing. Um, La about around last year, I was talking to my dad. I remember coming home from, I don't remember where it was, but I was telling him, like, I have no idea what I'm going to do in my life. Like, I have no clue what I'm going to do. Like, all I do, I go, I go and play sports. I come to church. I have fun. But I never really thought, what am I going to do with my life? And 
one thing that I've realized over the past year is if I'm not serving God the rest of my life, then I'm just wasting my life. Like, it's, it's honestly, it's true. And yeah, so thank you, thank you guys so much for everything. Um, I'm, going, I'm going to pursue a, pursue a major of ministry. So uh, thank you for all your prayers and thank you guys so much. Hey, isn't it exciting when the Word of God gets a hold of somebody and how transformative it is? And that's what we saw out there at the Dream Center. People's lives who were, you know, they were on drugs, destitute, no place, no, nowhere to go, nothing to save them, but all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And, man, it's, it's one thing, like, to go on these trips, it's just not like, hey, you sign up and you go. Like, they have to memorize verses. They have to prepare a devotional uh, to, to give to the rest of the group in the evenings. And, and you guys are just so awesome. I, I'm so encouraged by, like, the fire that you have for Christ. And people say, well, John, why do you do youth ministry? Just you? No, no, no. These guys, this is where it happens, right? When you get people that are hungry for the word of God and hungry for the things of God, I just want to get right next to that, right? I get as close as I can um, because, it, you know, sometimes you can burn out if you're by yourself. And it's one thing we saw in this group too, and Jaden mentioned it earlier. You know, when you share your story, when you share what God has done in your life, there's people sitting around saying, that's me. I'm like that. And if God could do it for them, he could do it for me. And it becomes very encouraging. So, um, again, thank you guys for, for everything. And this, this week that we had out there was incredible. The last day that we were there, we went to Angelus Temple uh, Church. And uh, that was the, the church where they had the message on the good seed and the bad seed in your life. And what type, type of seeds, what, what, what seeds are you watering? Um, and there was an altar call. And after the altar call... Then all of a sudden, they just start doing this song that we're going to do last here called Thank God. And next thing I know, they reach down and they're pulling up our teens up on the stage. And if anybody was following us on Instagram or any of that, I mean, Hannah and I were just looking at each other and we were crying our eyeballs out. Because we're looking up on the stage at the end of this week and there is our teens jumping around on fire for God. It's like, it's what it's all about. It's what it it's all about and all you guys are going to do some great things for the kingdom of God you know yes every single one of these and we're proud of you so I'm going to ask them to come up we're going to do this last song they're going to they're, they're going to bring some energy in this place I want to see you guys up excited alright so come on up let's go Oh, yeah, Jonah. All right. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. I try with all my. I just can't win. 
got some energy, amen? And I'm watching out there, and nobody's moving, so I'm going to have them do the song again. Get out in the aisles. Come on, guys. We're going to shout a little bit, amen? Shout a little bit. Come on, guys. Start all over.
You guys all stay up here for a little bit. This man's got a call on his life. He's going off to college. He's going off to Bible school. He asked me to pray over him on Sunday. I want to pray over him tonight. There's the anointing in here. I like the parents to come on up, his sisters to get around them. I think Noah's probably, is he outside? No, come on up. Come on up to the stage, guys. Come on up. Come on, guys, get around them. Woo! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> Diane, are you up here, sweetie? Come on. Let's pray. Precious Father, I thank you for every one of these young people, and I thank you that you have a purpose for their lives, Lord. And it's a good thing, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans of good and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I thank you, Father, for each and every one, the fire. Let it rub off on us tonight, Lord. Let it rub off on us. Let us jump in our rooms again. Oh, like King David said, restore to us the joy of our salvation, Lord. Let us never lose the fire. Yeah, the outward man perish it, but the inward is being renewed day by day. Father, we lift up Jonah as he gets ready to go off to Bible school, that he's going to find his calling, his anointing, Lord. Use the fire, use the joy. I said before, he reminds me of a King David, a young man that loves you, that's willing to dance for you, that's willing to give it all up for you. And I thank you, Father, that you're giving it up for him also. You're anointing him, appointing him, and sending him forth to do the work that you have called him to do. I thank you, Father, that your strength is upon him, your joy is upon him, your life is upon him, and the anointing is upon him, Lord. If God be for us, who can be against us? Jonah, there are challenges in life that will come against you and try to even discourage you, but you keep looking up. As John shared tonight, let God be your father when your mom and dad aren't even around, and he'll take good, good care of you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Proud of all you guys. All you guys. Would you just go ahead and be seated for a moment? We never, Jonah, come here. We never close the service without giving an altar call, amen? So would you bow your heads a minute? I'm going to have Jonah lead us in this altar call. Um, uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, Lord, I thank you for everything you're doing in every one of these lives, Lord Jesus. You said, Lord, that everything, uh, man, uh, thank you, Jesus, Lord, that I pray salvation in the blood of Jesus, Lord, for every person that encounters you, Jesus, that everyone here will see the light of you, Jesus, and that, that they will see how good you are, Lord, and that they can change, and that he can change every single life whenever we just humble ourselves upon him, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord. And if you have never received the blood of Jesus, Lord, 
Um, I thank you, Lord, that they may see what you do and that, that if you may not know about Jesus, that you will see, look, like, look what he's done. Look what he's done in these lives. Look what he's done in you guys' lives and that he can do it in your lives. So we thank you for that, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that whenever you confess with your mouth and that you believe it in your heart, it's all about the heart. Whenever you humble yourselves and you believe in your heart, Lord, that he, you can do anything through us. We, he says that once you believe that, you will be saved. And we thank you for that, Lord. So we thank you for that. And if, you, if anyone here has never been saved here before, we ask you to raise your hand because, um, and if, you, if you're nervous, it's okay. Um, we, uh, we ask people not to look around. And uh, so if anybody here has not been saved before, we want you to raise your hand. Um, um, yeah. Amen. Just lift your hands. I did a great job, Jonah. Just lift your hand up. Let an altar worker bring you a free gift tonight. Bring you a free gift. Father, I just thank you for each and every person tonight. And I just thank you for the conviction. I, I believe tonight was more a fire night, Lord to stir us up, to stir us up, to look at youth and say, hey, I'm not that old. God can use me too. So I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we thank you for this evening. Church family, stretch your hands out towards the teens. We just pray. We know what we went through as teens. It's a thousand times worse today, Lord. Give them strength. Give them hunger. Give them desires. Give them visions and dreams, Lord. Let them see the supernatural. Let them see angels. Let them see visions, Lord. Let them see your fire fall down like on the day of Pentecost, Lord. And I thank you for that. We pray for this upcoming school year, Lord. And we just pray a touch of God upon our schools, Lord. Let there be fire on the top like the Azusa Street fires where they called in for the fire department. We thank you for that. Now we thank you for this evening. I thank you for John and his team and the heart and the passion that they have to take week vacations, take off from work, to be there for our young people. And I thank you for this. We bless you tonight. I thank you, Father, that you have made us the head and not the tail above only and not beneath that in all our ways and endeavors that we are that we are blessed go be a blessing church family God bless great job everybody